0: Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. Our sleep story is the first part of Dame Grumble and her curious apple tree. Dame Grumble has a beautiful apple tree which grows in her yard, She loves the spring, when the tree is covered with blossoms. But the north wind comes every year and blows the blossoms off the tree, and Dame Grumble is left without any. When some of the blossoms are left, they fall off the tree with a tinkling sound, and Dame Grumble finds pennies there. She decides to try and protect the apple tree against the north wind so she can become rich. But the north wind just laughs and blows even harder. But before we continue with our story, let's turn down the lights, get cozy in your bed, close your eyes, and feel warm and secure. Now that we have done that, let's use our imagination a little bit. While we are breathing, let's imagine that you are blowing up a balloon every time you exhale. You can make this balloon as big as you'd like and give it whatever color you want. It could be rainbow colored or have animal prints all over it. I would like you to take a great big breath in through your nose and exhale through your mouth, blowing up your imaginary balloon. This is no ordinary balloon. It's a balloon you can ride in. Once you get it as big as you want, it detaches from your mouth and it drifts slowly up into the sky, taking you with it. There is a strong breeze right now, and your balloon drifts over the trees. You can see your home, the street you live on. Slowly but surely, your balloon takes off and you can land it anywhere you like. Land it in your favorite place. This could be your bedroom or the couch at a friend's house. Or maybe it's a place to buy ice cream. Let's stay here a few moments. And then when you are ready, take a few more deep breaths, each time exhaling into the balloon. And it slowly takes you again for another ride. Perhaps it can take you right into our story Dame Grumble and her curious apple tree. Or right back into your bed. Great. Let's continue with Dame Grumble and her curious apple tree. Long, long ago, in a country quite close to the top of the earth, where the north wind blew fiercely each spring, there lived a woman called Dame Grumble. Now, Dame Grumble had an apple tree, which she loved exceedingly, although it bothered her very much. It was a very fine, large tree, and well shaped for shade. Just the sort of tree that should have yielded a bushel or two of fruit each autumn. But it did not. Each year when the cuckoo flew over the earth calling the trees and flowers to wake up because spring was coming again, the apple tree would be covered with clouds upon clouds of fragrant pinky white blossoms. Then Dame Grumble's heart would rejoice. But no sooner was the apple tree covered than the north wind would blow furiously, tearing off the blossoms and carrying them off in the clouds. The curious part of this all was this. When a few of the blossoms chanced to fall on the ground, they made a chinking sound. Like that of small coins in children's banks. Then, when these blossoms had withered, Dame Grumble would find nice new shiny pennies where they had fallen. From this, she supposed the apple tree would one day bear apples of gold. Now, Dame Grumble was not very friendly. Indeed, it was from her nature that she drew her name. Some said Dame Grumble complained from the time she got up in the morning until she went to bed at night. Even then, she complained of her hard pillow or thin blankets until she fell asleep. Her poor son, Freyo, thought his mother must surely grumble all night in her dreams for when she woke up each day, she started right where she had left off the night before. If the day was hot, Dame Grumble thought about the days when the snow lay on the ground and she sat comfortably before the blazing logs. But when the winter came again, she complained because she had to break the ice on the well each morning. Her non stops scolding and complaining often made poor Freo so miserable that he would put aside his wood carving, his favorite thing to do. If the east wind blew ever so lightly, Dame Grumble complained that it gave her strange pains in her face and would wish instead for the west wind, which she thought mild and gentle. But when the west wind blew over the forest and fields and dried the clothes she had spread on the hedges, Dame Grumble cried out that he was a thieving creature. Oh, there was no pleasing Dame Grumble. Freo, her son, was well aware of that. Now seeing that Dame Grumble was of a disposition to grumble and complain when there was no cause at all, you may have some idea of how she felt when the north wind robbed her of her apple blossoms each spring. Oh, you wicked creature, Dame Grumble would exclaim when he began to shake the apple tree. Just wait, and someday I will catch you and put you up in some dark place where you shall remain forever. No one would even miss you. Indeed, Dame Grumble, the north wind would reply. How would the boys and girls ever skate if I did not blow in wintertime? How would the forest and orchards ever have time to make their new green leaves and flowers for the springtime if I did not lock the earth tight each winter? You've made a mistake, madam. The north wind would be keenly mourned and missed. But beware, someday I will catch you and carry you off to a certain deserted island in the middle of the sea, and there you may complain for all your days. Then the north wind would roar and blow his hardest, and Dame Grumble's petticoats would spread out like sails until she feared she might be blown away. There, in anger, she would watch the clouds of blossoms blow from her favorite tree. When the north wind had gone off again, she would rush out and scold the apple tree. Oh, such a tree! Dame Grumble would exclaim, If you would cling more firmly to your blossoms, at least a few would remain on your branches, and then I should have a golden harvest. From the pennies I find where your blossoms have withered, I am quite sure that you would bear apples of gold if you bore apples at all. Then I could sell these golden apples and make a fortune for myself. But Dame Grumble, the apple tree would protest, you cannot withstand the north wind either. Your petticoats spread out like sails and you can scarcely keep your feet on the ground. "'And,' Dame Grumble would answer crossly, "'I have but two feet, while you have roots as numerous as your branches. "'Moreover, they reach far down beneath the earth "'and spread as far and wide as your uppermost boughs. "'You are stronger than I. "'You should fight the North Wind. "'I am sure that he has stored up a fortune in pennies "'from my blossoms that he has stolen.' it must not be supposed that Dame Grumble did not try various ways to save her blossoms from her enemy. Indeed, she spent many hours every day thinking of plans to defeat the North Wind, but she never succeeded. All one winter she worked in the cold and snow, chopping tall thorn branches, to make a barrier around the apple tree. Thorn branches are very strong and will protect the apple tree, she thought. Freyo told his mother this was useless work, but she paid no attention to what he said. Then mother, pleaded the boy, since you will not stay indoors, please bring me a branch of walnut from the forest. I would like to carve a clock case in a certain design I have in mind. If I had proper tools for wood carving and a store of oak and walnut, I might one day make a fortune for you. Then you would no longer need to quarrel with the North Wind about your blossoms. Oh, hold your tongue, cried Dame Grumble. Each year the North Wind steals a fortune in pennies from me and I mean to try and stop him if I can. Should I find a bit of walnut that will fit into my pocket, you may have it. Otherwise, you must do without. Poor Freyo had only a few tools, and those were very poor. Nevertheless, he had skillful fingers and could carve lovely pictures in wood. She usually didn't remember to bring Freyo a branch of wood from the forest. Dame Grumble was always thinking of her blossoms and her enemy, the North Wind, and had no time to think of Freyo. So the poor boy had to content himself with bits of wood he found in the chimney corner, and he carved frames and treasure boxes from these. Now, As we have told, all one winter Dame Grumble worked hard dragging thorn branches from the forest until she had a great heap. When the snow began to melt, she planted these thorn branches around her favorite tree. Then when the apple tree was decked once more in clouds upon clouds of fragrant pinky-white blossoms, the North Wind came roaring over the fields and lanes. He laughed loudly when he saw the barrier of thorn branches. And so, Dame Grumble, cried the North Wind, you do not know my strength better than this? Seizing a branch of the thorn, he tore it from the ground as though it had been a twig and hurled it in the air. Then he did likewise to the rest, and in half an hour he had torn up every piece of Dame Grumble's barrier. Many times I have left you a few blossoms, Dame Grumble, he cried as he blew on his way, but you have never thanked me for the pennies. So this time you shall have none. Naturally, Dame Grumble was more upset than ever before. She shook the apple tree with fury and stopped only when she was too tired to shake it any longer. All evening, she scolded so bitterly that Freyo wished himself far away. Still, he never complained. Mother complains enough for both of us, he thought. When Dame Grumble arose the next morning, She had another plan in mind. My son, she said, I am going on a journey to look everywhere for the fortune in pennies which my wicked enemy, the North Wind, has stolen from me. When I have found it, I shall return, and all things will be well. I will buy you a fine coach and build a grand house where we will live like kings and queens and there we will be very happy. But mother, cried Freyo in dismay, the north wind travels all over the earth and you cannot do that. When winter comes, what will you do for shelter? Besides, I do not want a coach, but a crutch instead to help me get around. And as for happiness, it is to be found in kind hearts "'rather than in grand houses. "'In our little cottage we could be as happy as kings and queens "'if you would stop complaining and be content.' "'That shows how little you know,' replied Dame Grumble. "'I cannot be content without a fortune, "'and a fortune I will have. "'If I have not found the place that I seek before winter comes again, "'I will return.' but I have a feeling that my search will not be in vain. Then bidding Freo take good care of the cottage, Dame Grumble tied on her hat and shawl and set out on her journey. When Dame Grumble had gone, Freo was greatly puzzled. He was not sure that he was really lonely. He missed his mother's presence about the cottage because she was a famous housewife, always busy with some savory broth or baking great loaves of brown bread. However, he was relieved that he did not hear her sharp tongue scolding all day long. He carefully tidied the kitchen until it looked spotless and shining, as though Dame Grumble herself had done it. Then he sat down before his bench. While he was working, Freo paused. He thought he heard his name called softly. Freo, Freo, spoke a gentle voice. Come to the door and you can see me. I have something to tell you that will make you happy. Please come. Freo set down his work and hobbled to the door. It is I, the apple tree spoke the voice again, "'Come nearer, that I may talk to you. "'You have always been kind to me "'when Dame Grumble has not been, Freyo, "'and now I shall reward you.'" Freyo made his way to the apple tree, and she continued, "'Do you see my two faddish branches "'quite close to the ground? "'These I am going to give to you for crutches.'" Oh, apple tree, cried Freyo, I cannot cut off your branches. I would not give you such pain. But cutting off these two branches of mine will cause me no pain, the apple tree insisted. They are too heavy, and next spring when the north wind blows, I fear that he will snap them off. What the north wind cannot bend, he will break, as you well know. When you have made your crutches, you may go to the forest and gather more wood for your wood carving until you have the store that you desire. At last, Freyo was persuaded. The branches were cut and all day long he sat beneath the apple tree while he fashioned a pair of crutches. By evening, they were finished. And when he slept that night, Freyo dreamt of wandering in the woods. How well you have done, exclaimed the apple tree next morning when Freyo stepped out briskly on his crutches. And you too have done well, replied the boy. I see two tufts of green leaves already at work to cover the places where I cut your branches. He waved farewell to the apple tree and set out upon his way. Freyo was gone the whole day. When the sun set that evening, he had not returned. And even when the moon rose slowly, still he did not come back. The apple tree began to worry and worry that her branches had not proved strong enough for crutches. Then she saw Freyo with a heavy basket strapped upon his back. "'but not one bit of oak or walnut wood did he have. "'Oh, apple tree,' he cried, "'never in my life have I been as happy as I was today, "'only to wander beneath the trees "'and see the blue forget-me-nots "'that make a lovely carpet underfoot, "'or to hear the birds sing sweetly was like paradise.' I wished the whole world were one great forest and that it was always spring. I did not want to come away. But Freyo, said the apple tree, you have brought nothing for your work. How will you make chests and clock cases? I could not find it in my heart to cut the smallest twig, confessed the boy. The trees looked all so beautiful and stately that it seemed to me a shame. Instead, I gathered brown bells and forget-me-nots to plant around your roots. I am sure you must be lonely in this bare, wind-swept spot, and they will keep you company. Now that was kind, replied the apple tree, but you must listen to what I say. In the forest, there are many trees that will gladly give you a fine branch or two. When you go there next, Tell them that you are the friend of the apple tree, whose blossoms fall to the earth with a chinking sound, like small coins in children's banks. Then they will know you and will be as generous as I have been. Besides, I warn you that at the first approach of winter, Dame Grumble will return. She will be angrier than ever, for she will never find the fortune in the pennies that she seeks. So listen, Freyo, and gather a large store of oak and walnut while you may. When Freyo went again to the forest, he told the message of the apple tree to the tall pines and low bending oaks, and to the shady maples, too. These trees all gave him such a bounteous supply of boughs and branches that Freyo soon had enough to last him a whole year or more. It was well he had. One day as he sat working beneath the apple tree, he noticed that the leaves fell fast and that the wind blew cold. Another morning when the maples on the hillsides flamed like fire, Freyo heard a shrill, familiar voice in the air. And soon, Dame Grumble herself appeared before the cottage door. Now, as the apple tree had said, Dame Grumble was angrier than ever. She had not found the fortune in pennies she had sought, and she was out of humor with her journey. She vowed she had not had one pleasant moment from the time she had set out, and she declared that she was done with journeys forevermore, and looked forward to great happiness now that she was home at last. She praised Freo's housekeeping and said that the cottage looked as tidy as a pin. When she had put aside her hat and shawl, she began to make a fine supper for him. How nice that you have crutches, my son, and you can get around so well, she cried with pleasure. Are they not amazing, mother? asked Freo. They are not bad for a poor boy who has never seen a crutch before. Dame Grumble continued to praise the crutches and to admire them until she learned that they were made from branches of the apple tree. Then she was furious. She rushed out to the apple tree and shook it with all her might. Then she ran in to try and throw the crutches in the fire but Freyo would not let her. The apple tree herself gave me her branches, mother, he said, and the crutches are mine. Give them to me at once, I say, said Dame Grumble. The apple tree is mine, and therefore her branches are mine also. Do you not know that I prize the apple tree above all else on earth? Do I not expect a harvest of golden apples from it someday? Now, when that day comes, I will not have nearly as many. Why did you cut as much as the twig from the apple tree? Mother, answered Freyo, if there is any harm done, it is done. To burn the crutches will not make the branches grow back on the apple tree again. Dame Grumble first commanded and then begged that her son give her the crutches. But Freya was firm. At last, she burst into tears. Oh, oh, she cried. Is it not enough that I have had many troubles and cares in the past? Each year my wicked enemy, the North Wind, steals a fortune in pennies from me. And now added to this, I must suffer disobedience from my own son. She sobbed and wailed until Freyo was nearly distracted. Oh mother, he begged, if you would only stop your weeping and look at these wonderful things I have made in your absence. Here is a clock case with the four seasons carved upon it. The hours are told by 12 lovely nymphs dancing through the forest. It is a treasure worthy of a king. "'Someday a duke may come riding by and fancy it. "'Then, who knows, my fortune may be made, "'and I would give it all to you, Mother.' "'In spite of all his pleadings, however, "'Dame Grumble would not look at his treasures. "'She was so deep in her woes "'that she could think of nothing else. Freyo sat before the fire, sad and desolate.' With the scolding dame's return, the quiet and contentment of the little cottage was gone. Ah, sighed the poor boy, I have no doubt that mother is right. Perhaps I am not grateful after all. This is the end of the first part of our story. Good night.